Wouldn't our stress lows be so much lighter if we could only stop bearing grudges? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks. Growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We are up to the doubleheader, yes, another doubleheader, of Achimos Kedoshim. And within the Parsha of Kedoshim, we have the Pasuk, the verse describing Lo Sikom Velositor. Lo Sikom, usually translated as Do Not Take Revenge. Lo Sitor, often translated as Do Not Bear a Grudge. Talmud understands Lo Sikom. Yesterday, you wanted to borrow your neighbor's hedge trimmer, and he declines. Are we using it today? No. Oh, is it not working? Well, no, it's working okay. Uh, any chance I can borrow it? Sorry, I don't lend out. I don't lend out my hedge trimmer. Next afternoon, he knocks on your door. Hey, any chance I can borrow your lawnmower? Huh? You want to borrow my lawnmower? I desperately needed your hedge trimmer yesterday, and you refused. Sorry, here's a taste of your own medicine. That is losicom. That's a violation of revenge. What's lositor? Yesterday, you asked for the hedge trimmer. He declined you. Today, he knocks on your door. Hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? You want to borrow my lawnmower? Hey, okay, you can buy my lawnmower. Yesterday you didn't lend me your hedge trimmer? I'm not like you. I, apparently, clearly remember that fact. I, apparently, am clearly still focused on that fact. But I simply say, despite you're not lending me the hedge trimmer, here's the lawnmower. That, explains the Talmud, is a Torah violation of lo sitor. Do not bear that grudge. Now, although there are some who understand that you don't violate the technical violation until you say something or do something related to that grudge, but it's clear looking through the commentaries, through the sources in Halacha, that it's a mindset as well that we are trying to create over here. You look in the Chinuch, when he goes through the number of mitzvahs of the Torah, he's up to mitzvah 242 at this juncture of this mitzvah. And it describes the prohibition is to maintain the recollection. You want to eliminate the recollection of this misdeed that was done by your neighbor. Yesterday, you knocked on your neighbor's door. Hey, Betty, can I borrow a cup of sugar for the cake I need to bake? And she declined you. And you know that she just came back from Costco with more sugar than she'll use the next six months. And one cup of sugar. Don't preserve in your mind the fact that she turned you down. To maintain that recollection. The Rambam in his Hilchos Deus, in his laws of, I guess we could say, proper mindset and character, in chapter 7, describes also the need to eradicate from your heart. Disturbed about Betty? No, no longer. I'm not paying attention to that. I eliminated from my heart what she declined me. Now, the term, Lositor, which we're using as this issue of don't maintain that grudge, don't maintain it in your heart, don't preserve the recollection. Rav Hershon, explaining the term, uh, natira, which we the way of describing this violation is the behavior of natira, he says is like the Hebrew word matara. Matara is a goal or a target. The goal, the target, you're looking at that bullseye, aiming the arrow directly to that spot, that's the matara, that's the goal, that's where I'm needing to be. Well, you're concentrating on a specific point in order to strike you're preserving a targeted resentment. Even without acting upon that resentment, that's the wrong place to be. I should not be preserving that focus. It should not be on my mind. That guy, that woman, their behavior, they held back. I should somehow distance that, eliminate that thought from my thinking. 
not so easy. How do I do that? And if we add another aspect over here, why am I the only one to blame? What about the fact that he didn't lend me the hedge trimmer? What about the fact that she didn't give me the cup of sugar? The Torah didn't make that a prohibition. Well, apparently, as the Chizkuni explains, there's a distinction. Not being there for your friend, not offering that favor, or even causing some level of friction, of, of attention that is disturbing, can often be done in a way that didn't really violate the Torah, but it was a lack of chesed, a lack of kindness, a lack of graciousness. Okay, they're not a tzaddik. They're not getting brownie points for holding back, but they have not yet violated the Torah. But when you respond to that, that's not just a certain miserliness or stinginess. That's resentment. And resentment, the Torah is disallowing. Don't maintain resentment. That's now focused on the person. I resent her. I resent him. That's worse than I don't offer them my sugar or my hedge trimmer. In trying to figure out how to avoid that resentment, they frustrated me. I was really hoping to take care of the bushes this afternoon. I couldn't bake the cake. I couldn't get out to go get the sugar. They threw me off schedule, says the Yerushalmi, the Talmud Yerushalmi in Adarim. View there this other party, this person about whom you're starting to muster up feelings of resentment. View them for what they really are. They are another piece of the body of Klai Yisrael. They're another piece of this big package of Am Yisrael. You are a piece and they're a piece. You are a limb and they are a limb. If you are a limb of a body and another limb of the body causes some distress to you, you don't have resentment against that other part of the body. You try to work as a body to heal collectively. If you are reaching with your right hand into a shelf, you've got some of your tools. I guess this guy didn't give you the hedge trimmer, so you're trying to go get your, I don't know, some of your clippers out of the cabinet, and you try to reach for it, and it falls, and it lands, and it gives you a bruise on your left foot. Is the left foot going to retaliate against the right hand? The left foot would be eager as much as any other part of the body, that the right hand continue to function well, it's in our best interest that we have a functional right hand. If you are turning a corner and you walk and you bump into something and bang your nose, the nose is not going to retaliate against the right leg that took the step. It's not going to even resent the right leg. It would have no interest whatsoever in anything going wrong with that right leg. It needs that to continue propelling it to all types of, hopefully, safer, wonderful places. You're part of a body. So is he. So is she. You're part of the same body. They did something that frustrated you, but you've no interest in preserving a animosity, in maintaining a resentment, and certainly not in retaliating in word, deed, or even emotion. You are eager to see that as an entire body, you continue to function well. Step number one. Step number two, look at the very verse. The verse that describes the issue of do not take revenge, do not bear a grudge. That verse ends off with the words, Ani Hashem, I am God. Think for a moment. Perhaps, have I ever done something that God would have reason to resent? Now, not relevant to any of our listeners, but can you imagine anybody out there maybe the cousin or a friend of anybody that you know, whoever once in their life did something that God would have some reason to be disturbed about? Do we want him to preserve an attitude of resentment about us? God forbid. 
Think about that when you're deciding how much energy to put into your reaction to his or her lack of being there for you when you might have wanted them to do so. How much mental space will you give to them? And in fact, there's an often quoted uh, quote that uh, when it comes to bearing a grudge, when you bear a grudge, you let somebody dwell in your brain rent-free. You're giving them residence rent-free in your brain. Don't give them that space. This week, I'm dealing with some squirrels in our attic at home. And they told the exterminator, hey, two choices. Either get them out of there, eliminate them, or at least get them to start paying rent. I don't want them using my space rent-free. Well, why are you letting this person take up space in your mind? You're putting mental energy towards their behavior rent-free. Are they, is it accomplishing anything? Are they correcting themselves because of your grudge? Is it going to change what happens in the future? Put your energy into figuring out how to cope with your current crisis that you don't have the hedge trimmer or the cup of sugar or how you can cope with a crisis that you're not getting along with them as well. But don't be viewing it in terms of letting them take up that space and your mental attention and creating more stress. You probably have enough other things in your mind that you don't need to add more strain and stress and have one more load called the grudge that you are bearing. So we don't want those grudges. Torah prohibition in many contexts. We have a need to get it out of our heart. We have the tool of recognizing we're all part of one body. And how many times are grudges taxing the smaller bodies, the bodies of community or the bodies of family? And it's damaging the family dynamic. It's damaging the community dynamic. It's damaging the organizational dynamic or the workforce or efficiency because he can't go along with her or vice versa and there's some type of attention due to the grudge that is being born. How much healthier the body would be if we could eliminate that. And if we can therefore use that as the motivation and the tools of feeling like we're a body and the tool of recognizing, hey, I don't want God bringing the grudge. What what kind of person should I be so that he not match me in kind? And the tool of reflecting on just a few verses later, the love your neighbor like yourself and the Torah mitzvah to recognize that Do I want him or her remembering every time I did or didn't do something through some type of maybe a miscalculation or misunderstanding? I might even know what it is that they do or don't bear a grudge about me. I had years back, I was giving a lecture on a topic. It was a Shabbos afternoon talk uh, and a lecture on a topic that had to do with uh, tradition and Torah. And thank God someone took me off that someone attending the class thought I was attacking a, a, a someone was doing like a new fangled type of a program in town that I was like had almost nothing to do with but you know some people have been talking about this new fangled approach to something and whether it's a good thing to do a bad thing to do they took my class as a comment on what they were doing it was totally not in my mind maybe they wouldn't be happy if it wasn't totally in my mind but I was paying no attention to what they were even doing to even think of having my class address that. But they thought, oh, he's talking about maintaining a traditional approach and he doesn't like our newfangled approach. Irrelevant to what I was thinking. Do I want people bearing a grudge without me even knowing what they bear a grudge for about me? So who knows? The guy with the hedge trimmer, there could be a hundred reasons why his brother-in-law needed the hedge trimmer the next that later that day and he, he could have told me that, but he didn't. Whatever. He doesn't want to tell you because he was not happy the fact he was lending it to his brother-in-law. Who knows what's going on in his mind, why he's not lending it to you, or why the hedge trimmer was a 
birthday present from his mother-in-law, and he promised her to keep it in tip-top shape. Who knows? And and if not, and it's absolutely purely a stinginess, okay, so he's a little more stingy than he should be. That's not my job right now to be correcting, and certainly not correcting it by simply preserving a resentment and harboring these ill feelings toward him. So let's lessen that load. Get rid of those grudges. Appreciate the fact that we're one nation and we're one family, we're one unit, we can work together healthily and find something positive about the person. You're resenting that he's not lending this to you? Did he ever do you any other favor? Is there an advantage to him being there next door? Is there something you glean by the fact that you have this neighbor who goes to Costco? Is there something you've ever learned from somebody in their family? Can you find something that you glean or gain from that other per- person being part of your world that got plugged them into your social circle. Look at the positive, not the negative. Shoot to be that body that's working in unison that doesn't resent each other part. Be the type of people that hopefully God will have no reason to resent, but we don't want him to ever resent us, that we're not resentful type of people. And hopefully we can eliminate that piece of stress from our lives. We know that way stress operates, eliminating one stress point can often be a benefit to many other aspects of our life. So we'll be healthier people for it as well. And in so doing, avoiding that Torah prohibition, becoming the people whose hearts are in sync with the Torah's desire for what our mindset should be and our attitudes should be and our relationship with our peers should be, we will grow to be the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve our tachlis.